About a few weeks ago, we started offering mindfulness classes for second through fifth graders and also first graders. I think it's just, I just want to share with you that it was quite a challenge to offer aftercare mindfulness. So students, these students have been going to school all day. They've been forced to kind of control their attention on the teacher or wherever they're moving throughout the day. And they've probably been told no a lot and be quiet and shh. So the last thing that they want to do is sit and be quiet and focus on the breath. The first session that I actually had with these groups, it was just pure chaos. Chaos in the sense of running around, hitting each other, throwing things, calling names. It was just, just imagine kind of chaos in a room. And it was one of the first times that I've ever lost control of a group or, or a space. And I was just sitting there like, oh my, what did I get myself into? And it's been, I think there's a number of reasons that the attention was so hard to capture. One of them was that fact that They've been in school all day, and kids just want to be kids and let out, let all that energy out. They've been containing that energy all day. Another thing is I was a new face, so they were like, "Who? you know, there's some testing going on. Who is this human being who's come in here, and what are they doing, and what are we doing? And so there were a couple things going on, and I'd just like to share a little bit with you about some of my reflections. So it's been about two weeks that I've been offering these classes, and I'd like to start to talk a little bit about the second through the fifth graders. Some of the challenges that I saw arise and that I've been able to kind of reflect on and chew on and say, this is interesting, and I'd like to share that insight with you. Small children, there's, there's a need to touch or grasp or be in relationship. You can see it. They're very clingy. They're very kind of personable. And like I was saying before, there is such a, their their attention. There were only a few kids that were able to focus and pay attention. The rest were just, they were gone. They were lost. And every time that I would try and redirect them back to just, just sitting in a circle, we couldn't even sit in a circle. There was a sense of having to do something, having to get up and run around, having to uh, I was using a ball to like toss a ball around to try and engage them. And that was just, <laughs> the ball was chaos in itself. Something that I found sad and interesting at the same time was how these young, these youngins, how they related with one another, especially in the second to the fifth graders. There was a dynamic of the fifth graders and the second graders that was name-calling, that was not from a place of kindness, that was, I would say, not healthy. And it was back and forth, and and I'm not sure if there was a developmental, well, there was definitely a developmental difference with the immaturity of the second graders and the, you know, I'm really kind of cool, too cool for this fifth graders and that, and, you know, here I am imposing my judgments on the group. But there was that mix, and like, how do we just sit down and, and have a conversation? We couldn't even sit in a circle. So I was just, the first session, I was just kind of like looking around, like focusing on my own breath so that as this chaos erupted around me, I could remain calm and centered and hopefully model that presence to the group. Because what they, you know, what I heard from them is that people yell at them all day, like, be quiet, you know, what are you doing? Don't do that. 
And so when the first time that they meet someone that's not approaching them in that way, <laughs> there's a clear sense of, ooh, let's see how much we can push this boundary. So one of my tactics was validating the group. Okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to share and acknowledge, I believe, the wisdom of the space. So I called out their creativity. I, I acknowledge their playfulness, their innovativeness, their laughter, their sense of joy, and their ability to have so much energy. And what struck me about this moment was when I said that there was a fifth grader, a young girl, who was like, no, that's not us. That's not, that's not who we are. And I was a little taken aback. I was like, whoa, this young individual has already been crushed by their environment, has not been really empowered. And to me, that was such a eye-opening moment. And I have not seen this individual smile yet in two groups. And I am trying really hard. You know, I'm pulling out everything in these groups movements, sitting down, giving them their own personal space, trying to be playful and joking. And I haven't seen them smile once. So this to me is an indicator. It's a red flag. And who knows if the people that are supporting this individual are aware that this young one is in this space. Some more insight that I'd like to share is that I use a ball kind of like a talking stick, which at its heart is really an, an indigenous practice, this having some item that is passed around in a group and one person shares their experience while the rest listens. And so I use a soft tennis ball. And the reason why I use a soft tennis ball, I'll share in a minute. When I engage them in this, one of the things, one of the practices that I attempted to do in the first session was the five senses. So getting the group to become more present and centered with their surroundings, sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. And so I use a tennis ball and I toss it around and it's kind of an open mind, open-eyed guided meditation where I'm shifting their awareness from sight to sound. And immediately there's just this grabbing nature, like one after the other, just give me the ball. Just everyone's going after it. At one point, it's like the whole group is just coming together and trying to get this ball from one another. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're done with this ball, redirecting, taking, putting the ball away. But there's this sense of mine that I just see coming out in these small kids. This is mine. I want this. And with this space, with these second and fifth graders, something else that is really striking to me is the competitiveness, this competitive nature that within passing around this ball, there's a sense of, I want to play a game and I want to win. You know, who's, they brought up the silent game. Let's play the silent game. And who's going to be the winner? And what is the winner going to get? And those are the questions they asked me. So I'm just sitting there like, what? <laughs> you know, what? Like second and fifth, it's amazing that they've already started to take in and this competitive and aggressive nature of our culture and society. And it comes out in this community space. And then when we were tossing around the ball, and this is why I used a softball, they would toss it incredibly hard at one another and aiming at their face. And I would pause and be like, hey, this is not what we're doing here. This is not kind. This is not nice. You need to, you know, here's this other person's body and we don't know how our actions are going to impact that human being. And so I shared that and then right back at it, throw the ball at the face. I'm like, okay, yep, we're done with the soft tennis ball. But something also very interesting came out of tossing that ball around in this one group session. There were about eight of us in the space and only four people were really getting the ball over and over. 
and it was and it were the four small white males of the space just tossing it and there were a number of people of color in the group and so it was very uh, striking to see that and i and i called this out. i was like hey what is happening here and and one of the uh, younger person of color said some people in the group are not sharing they're not giving us the ball and i was like wow that is so insightful they're able to see how they're being excluded from this community in this space in this activity and i'm just now in this moment i'm pondering the racial implications but in that moment i wasn't really aware that that could have been a factor and so another interesting and I, these are really questions i'm facing that something that happened was one of the younger white males called to the there was a, a black female in the group and uh, this white male, when we went around and said names, he explicitly over and over did not want to acknowledge that young child's name. And it was clear that the name was said in the space. And that individual was even like, hey, this is my name. And this child did not want to say their name, but was going around and saying everyone else's name. So I found this very striking. And I wasn't sure in this moment how to handle it other than saying, hey, we need to respect everyone else's names present in this space. And through all this chaos, we were able to get some silence within this group. Uh, this class was called the hippie class by one of our young uh, youngins. And there was, there was some insight. There were two to three min minutes of silence. And albeit that silence was them running around the room, but we were able to play this silent game, although I didn't want to play you know necessarily a game with a reward and who's going to win but we were able to sit in two to three minutes of silence which i found impressive and there were also moments where i would be ringing the bell that there were you know 30 seconds of everyone just listening to the really loud pitch of the bell and then kind of it fading away now on to the first graders and the first graders, once again, it was chaos. It was something I had never imagined. This was the first time that I was working with these groups and populations. So I'd spent a number of years working with 13 to 24-year-olds. And so totally different needs, totally different place of development. And, and it was all very new to me. One thing that I noticed within this group was gendering. So one individual had taken my tennis balls and put them inside to pretend to have these big boobs, these breasts. And another group member who's a female, and, and even I don't even know if they're a female because they didn't share with me how they identify, but they were like, hey, you don't have boobs. And the male was like, you're right, I don't, but you do. And there was just this pause where they both kind of looked each other in the eyes and it was like to me it felt like they were recognizing that there is a there's there's something here there's something going on around gender and uh, expression and the difference in bodily appearance so it was very not i was just like okay yeah i, I wasn't really sure how to be like to navigate that social complexion in that moment in that time and space and while that was happening there were a number of kids in the background who were playing with legos and building and i had already tried to get them to come to the circle this was the group of first graders that we couldn't even sit in a circle immediately when we first did, i was like hey let's come and sit in a circle and we're standing in a circle and poof, they're gone some of them are like 
fighting. They were putting some type of uh, magnetic thing together, and then they were fighting with that, and then I had to pull another group of kids apart. And then there was one kid in the far back who was like, you'll never catch me, and was just running around and hiding, but like looking back at the group, which I was like, I was like, this is kind of funny, but imagine 180 days of this. <laughs> oh my, teachers and educators, you are warriors to be able to navigate these complexities every day. So again, I noticed this possessiveness over the ball, like all at once, almost every first grader tried to jump on the ball, which was like kind of, what, like what? Like every single one of them wanted this ball. There was a possessiveness to the experience and the competitiveness as well was showing itself. I want to play a game. Who's the winner? You know, what are we going to win was showing up again in first graders. Something I noticed when I, I wanted to empower the group and, and share with them the bell. So I had each group member hit the bell and and there were some that tapped it lightly, but there were the others that were just like, bang and just like tried to hit it as hard as they can and of course when they did that they missed <laughs> but they would beat at it and I would have to be like okay now we're passing to the next person and I didn't do that activity again and when they were aggressively hitting that I would redirect and be like hey let's try what, what would the experience be like if we tap the bell in the softest way that we could and it was it, it was largely the males of the space but once again I don't know how they identify or their gender because I have not had that conversation with them or they have not shared that with the group but based on my experience of placing them in a box right male or female the males of the space I noticed were way more aggressive in the way that they swung and it was telling now, I noticed some intense mood swings in some of the first graders, and, and there was one group where we, we, we weren't sitting in the carpet this time. Last week, we had sat in the carpet, but this time we were sitting at the table because I thought the table could better contain the energy, and we were able to get to places around like, you know, what are you noticing in your body? Oh, I'm noticing joy. Where do you feel joy? Like, oh, my face and my body. Okay, wonderful. What are you noticing now? And then when I introduced the ball as as a speaking measure for the group this was not okay with some of the group members so they would get mad they would get angry they would go from joyful to angry in seconds and I was like wow I wonder if this is not worked with if this is not understood by the individual and the people that are around how could this lead to mental health challenges later Knowing that 50% of mental health challenges begin by the age of 14, what preventative measures are going into the school systems allowing these young, young beings to understand the turmoil of going from a joyful state to an angry state? And, and that is an intense stressor on the body. It just happened over and over, and I was trying to come back. What are you noticing now? What are you experiencing? How is your body language changing? How is it different? Another interesting thing that came up was was when they there was a lot of laughter with this group. They found a lot of things that I did were funny or they, you know, they found things that they did were funny and and so there was a lot of laughter and they and one of the group members when I was expressing you know, what are you noticing in your body? Uh, another one of the group members was like, "What about in your private parts?" And I was like, "Uh-oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this conversation, but I was like, okay, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say, hey, we're not talking about this because that's what they're told. And so there's no sense of, like, there's no sense of learning from this conversation that can come about. 
and you can censor and that only leads to harm later. And so I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. And it actually led somewhere interesting where they were experiencing such laughter, such uh, excitement within the body that they were peeing or some of them were afraid of peeing. And, and that's how that conversation came about, about the private bars, because they were so energized that they were literally peeing. And this happens with my dog, Bella, my parents' dog, who's a puppy. Every time I come home, it gets so excited. And then if I start to pet it, just pees all over the floor. It's like this excitement and this release because we're animals. We're mammals and we have these physiological responses. And so I was like, let's see this one play out. But there's there were some touching moments um, within this experience where the group member went actually there were only two group members at the table, but two of them had ran off to the bathroom. Another another handful of them were playing with the Legos. And at this point, I had lost them. I had tried to redirect them a number of times and they were not listening. So there were two at the table. I was like, okay, this is where we can, this is where I can sneak that mindfulness practice in. So I was like, hey, let's just take a few deep breaths and I invite you to t place your hands on your belly. So I have these two young adults, sorry, these two first graders and, and they're sitting there and placing their hands on their belly and just breathing. And you can kind of see this smile on their face and a sense of like, I can't describe it, but it was just like, oh, this is, this is lovely. Like, that's what I could see. And then the two distractors came back and it was all over, but it was like 30 seconds to a minute of just some new perspective that could really bring a sense of calm and release and rejuvenation to the body. So all in all, there's a lot that's arising here. There's cultural factors that are playing uh, gender, race, uh, socioeconomic status, because all of these kids come from an, an, a rich background because the aftercare program is a lot of money. And so it's, 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 it's an interesting mix of humans together and me trying to guide them in some direction. I actually didn't come in with an agenda the previous week because the, when I did the first week, there was like, there was no agenda. There were, they had the agenda and they were teaching me everything. They were teaching me patience. They were teaching me that it's okay to just sit there and focus on my ability to calm and de-stress my body. Cause I share with them, Hey y'all, like I am feeling stress in my body. This is where I'm feeling it. I'm trying to model with them that they're having an impact on me and being vulnerable with them in the hopes that it will lead us somewhere to a sense of group vulnerability. And this is, this is interesting, and so I'm enjoying this experience. A lot of questions are arising, a lot of things that are, are new to me, a lot of uh, trying to understand how to best hold this space in a sense of belonging, comfort, and support. It is a challenge, and I, uh, I'm enjoying this process of learning. And uh, if you are an educator, if you work with young adults or young children, then I really uh, value your presence on this earth because you have an incredible responsibility of peacekeeping. You know, that's what schools in essence really are. Th these bodies and these energies and these traumas and all of this comes into this space and they're expected to learn and they're expected to go home. And wow, that's just, it's just very fascinating to me. And I think that this is going to be the end of this podcast, the end of this weekly update. Some things that are happening with me other than this brief reflection are I was, uh, classes start this week, so I'll be taking a strategic management nonprofit class and then a fundraising class. And these are classes that were 
provided to us. We were invited to participate in them through the Do Good Institute, uh, where I was invited to be in a graduate certificate program. And so this will help us kind of as we move forward in creating this nonprofit. But know that two weeks ago, I had no idea that I was going to be in classes. So in that entrepreneurial spirit, I was like, okay, here we are going back to classes. I don't know how I really feel about it. I'm a little worried. I'm a little, you know, hesitant because I just value every second of my time and I want it to be very valuable and I sense that there will be value there, although the judging mind is coming in. And yeah, so that's this weekly update. Oh, and I'm also applying for a part-time job right now to support as we launch this nonprofit at Moms Organic, and it seems like an awesome workplace. So I'm excited about that. I have an interview on Thursday and another kind of meeting on Friday. So we're going, we're moving, we're chugging along, and we are evolving minds. Take care. Bye-bye.